the, uh, of the whole group. He, would, he was uh, an individual who, as it were, put down the false prophets, put down the temples of Baal, and that he set it up so that the people of Israel could worship God freely. So he kind of looked at, and his, his miracle ministry, his power ministry, was about working with the entire nation. Whereas Elisha, his ministry was more working individual. And, and as you read through 2 Kings, we find that there were 18 encounters that are listed between Elisha and needy people. So his, his was kind of like the needs of individuals, and yet how these needs of individuals were reflected in um, the, need, the greater need of Israel. So, so Elisha then recognized that with God there, <laughs> with God there with the people, there was more to life going on than what they noticed and what they could see. So as you look into the mirror, <laughs> as the cat looks into the mirror, he sees the, uh, the lion, and sometimes I think that we need to do that in our own lives. Sometimes we think of ourselves uh, as a pussycat, and uh, we are the king of the beasts, the lions. Because in Christ we are greater. He is greater, in our, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And sometimes we just don't feel that. Sometimes we just don't think those, in those terms. But God is with us. And so there is an example from our text about Elisha's ministry that I, I, was, I thought was quite interesting. And so we must then resist the tendency to think about the limitations that we have in our life. We have to look at and resist the temptation to look at life from our own eyes and see what God is reflecting back to us. What is it that God really wants to do? And so we have a tendency to think in terms of limitations, in limitations of family background, limitations of our environment, limitations of our nation, of our resources. You know, I could do that, but... And that's the characteristic that Elisha presents to us, is that we can do this with no buts. So... Instead, we must see and we must ask God for that which he wants to accomplish in our life and how that God wants to use us. Now, does God want to use you? Does God want to use us? The answer is yes. So God wants to use us. Now, with that in mind, we already come up with, well, he wants to use us, but... <laughs> How many said, but, you know, you know, you know, sometimes we lead with our butts. <laughs> and when we lead with our butts, we're walking backwards. We don't see what's coming. When we lead with the things and the excuses, we're looking at the things that are going to happen that are wrong. And we're constantly living in the past and we can't see the future because of our butts being in the way. Okay, thank you. So, so here we have Elisha, and uh, he has this spirit of prophecy, meaning God has a way of bestowing gifts upon us. And the gifts that God give to us, gives to us is for the benefit, the profit, <laughs> P 
P-R-O-F-I-T, profit of all, not P-R-O-P-H-E-T, to those of you who are, all right, you know, got that? Profit, profit means, P-R-O-F-I-T means increase. <laughs> made some, made, I made some profit on that one. And we find that Elisha was a prophet of God who was able to speak for God, and God would give to Elisha some inside information. Meaning that in the situation that we look at today in the, in the text, there are, there's a king who's wanting to destroy Israel, and Elisha knows what that guy wants to do. Now, Do you have any enemies in your life? <laughs> you know, I know we love everybody, but there are some people who don't like us, okay? <laughs> the enemies of our life. That, that we have enemies, and we find that Elisha was valuable. He was more valuable to the king of Israel than a whole spy network, okay? He was more profitable to Israel and to the king of Israel than an entire spy network of working against and going and infiltrating the enemy. In our lives, what if you knew what was coming next? <laughs> what if you knew the answer to the test that you are about to take? I know that comes from studying. What? Why take it? No, of course, you've got to take the test. If you know the answer, we've got to take the test. Why do we take tests, dear? Where are the teachers at? Why do we have tests? Aha, data to show growth. Good answer. Why does God give us tests? Doesn't he already know where we are at in our growth? But see, the problem is we don't know. We're the ones who need the test to prove to us and to show to us how much growth. You see, we are the cat looking in the mirror, and without the mirror, we just think we're the little cat. But with the mirror, with the test and the whole works, what happens? We see ourselves for who we really are. You know, we look in the mirror, you know, you look in the mirror, that's not who I think I am. The cat, the little one, the little kitten. Looking in the mirror, that's not who he thinks he is, or maybe this cat thinks he is. I don't know, you know. You never know about cats. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but in our own lives, and you look in the mirror, what do you see? You know, what do you see? And the, the challenge for us is God will give us tests so that we actually can see the person in the mirror, who he really is. So, Israel was already aware, and we'll read in verses, uh, verses 8 through 10. All right, read those first ones. At uh, one time when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, after consulting with his officers, he said, at such and such a place, I want, to I want an ambush set. The holy man sent a message to the king of Israel, watch out when you're passing this place because Aram has set an ambush there. So the king of Israel sent word concerning the place of which the holy man warned, had warned him, and the king, uh, the kind of thing happened, this kind of thing happened all the time. So 
All of the schemes of men, all of the schemes of people are known by God. All of the good things, the bad things, the intentions and the thoughts, everything is known by God. And so God knows not only what men do, but he knows what they plan to do. This is, this is important for us in the sense that what, you know, God is all knowledge. God has all knowledge. God does not remember the past, and he does not see into the future. God has all knowledge. Everything that has happened, is happening, and will happen is the knowledge of God. He knows it. I like the, you know, the story of, you know, you go to the banquet hall, and there's a thousand places to sit, and there is a place card there with, your, with a name on it, but the name's turned upside down. And you have to find your place to sit. But you don't go around checking. You go around and you pick your seat and you sit down and turn the name tag over and your name is there. God knew you would sit there, but you still made the choice. See, God knows the choices that we're going to make and he doesn't make us make the choices. He knows what we're going to choose. And so from the thoughts and the intents of our heart, uh, to influence our thoughts, to love and to forgive, to know that God is with us and God will take care of us and he will protect us. And there are times by the gift of the Spirit, word of knowledge, where God is able to impart to us a word of his knowledge about certain situations. It doesn't happen all the time. There are some people that God has blessed with this ministry, and they are able to deliver that way. My grandmother was that way. <laughs> My grandmother, she was a preacher in her heyday. <laughs> and I don't know what that meant, heyday, but anyhow, in her day, she was uh, a minister. And uh, when and she, she wouldn't, like, she didn't have a church, but she would speak at different times in churches. And my grandmother, they would, you know, people would talk about, you didn't want to, you didn't want to be living outside of God whenever you were in uh, Sister Stockdale, that's my grandmother's name, uh, Sister Stockdale, you didn't want to be out, living out away from God when Sister Stockdale was preaching, because she'd be preaching and she'd call you out. <laughs> she'd call you out, and she'd just like, Boom, there it was. And she would tell you exactly what you're doing, where you're going, and what's going on. And it wasn't because she heard it in the gossip vine. She heard it from God. And the calling out was not to embarrass, but to bring people back to their right relationship with God. In our lives, God knows all about, and God knows the schemes of people upon their bed. And God has a way of preparing his children for those tests or those difficulties that are coming. God has a way of ministering to us and preparing us for tomorrow's test. God has a way of influencing our heart, influencing our thoughts. Sometimes it's by David, move. Okay, I'm on the way. <laughs> you know, sometimes it is, David, you know, he doesn't tell me this. He's just like, you know what, I should, I should start to get ready for this. I should start, you know, I should prepare for this. And, okay, 
then I, you start. You just do that. You should go to, you know, this is maybe, um, <clears throat> do you know I pray <laughs> about where I should get donuts in the morning? What a stupid thing that preacher does, prays about donuts. But I can go to Dunkin' Donuts and go through the drive-thru and not have to get out of the car, or I can go to Giant Eagle. Well, sometimes God says, get out of the car and go to Giant Eagle. <laughs> so when I get out of the car and go to Giant Eagle, a few, well, maybe six months ago or so, um, Nancy was there, not Nancy. Um, I was saying Cliff and Nancy, Mar um, her, Cliff's sister, Margie. Margie was there, Margie's Cliff's sister, and she works there, and she says, I've got a question. And, and she came and she talked to me about her mom and her mother's needs and how that perhaps, you know, I, I ran some ideas by and they were able to get hospice in and get care into the home to help take care of Cliff's mom. Now, she was said, and Margie said, God must have brought you here today <laughs> because we didn't know what to do. And so there, there are other occasions and there's another person <laughs> that, uh, that I've known that her, her husband died in hospice. And this was maybe three years ago, maybe longer. And she asked me this morning, she had a question about things going on in her life that she said, Can, you know, and she just put it out there for me. And, and I, you know, these are things that I've dealt with in many people's lives, and I just throw some ideas out there. And she said, thank you. Because <laughs> I felt to go to Giant Eagle for the, you know, the, the donuts. So you see that there are impressions that God leaves us with, and sometimes we make the right, and, you know, and it, every, you know, we run into, you know, it's like the, the kid that... Uh, was listening to the story of um, um, Lot and uh, how that Lot and his wife left Sodom and Gomorrah and Gomorrah and Lot's wife turned back and she turned into a pillar of salt. And the little boy says, that's nothing. My mother turned back and she turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> da, da. <laughs> So in our lives, God has us going in particular directions, and he has a purpose for that. So anyhow, we find out the, the king, the kind of thing happened all the time with Elisha and the, the king of Israel and the king who, Aram who was trying to defeat Israel. So the king, <laughs> it's interesting, in verse 11, the king of Aram was furious I can't even plan a secret attack without them knowing it. So he goes on here, verse 11. He's furious over all this. He called his officers together and said, Tell me, who is leaking information to the king of Israel? Who is the spy in our ranks? You know, there's got to be a spy in here somewhere. Just think. If when somebody comes and says, Pastor, and you go, I know what you want. Here it is. How'd you know that? <laughs> or that this is where the word of knowledge works. The word of knowledge is Jan has a problem. 
She's been praying about it, okay? And God says, Dave, Dave he knows me by first name, Dave, okay? I know him by his first name, God. And uh, God and I are on first name basis. So God says to me, talk to Jan about, okay? Now, Jan hasn't told anybody, and God has said, David, you need to talk to Jan about. So I go up and say, Jan, what about... And she says, how'd you know? (laughs) You see, that is the word of knowledge from God giving us insight to help. Now, if I would go up and say, Jan, I think you should go go do this or go do that, and Jan says, well, that's news to me, (laughs) should she do it? The answer is no. Because... Every individual has to follow their own leading with God, not what somebody else tells them. See, you, you know, we can't blame anyone for our life. When it comes to the day of judgment and we stand before God, we are accountable for our life, for the decisions we've made, the things we've done or not done. And God, in his love for us, wants to lead us in the path of righteousness. He wants to lead us so we can do the the right things for the right reason. And when the enemy of our soul, the plotters and planners and the schemers, when they are trying to do things to upset, get us off course, God has already prepared us to give us the strength to say and do the right thing. God has a way of preparing us for the problems that are coming tomorrow. He has a way of getting us to see what we really are. The lion. See? The lion of the tribe of Judah. (laughs) The lion is God. And God helps us to see what he sees in us. You see... God sees that. He sees the reflection. He wants us to see the reflection. He wants us to see what he sees in us. Well, we may not be there yet, but it doesn't mean we won't be. And this is the challenge. And we see here that the king of Aram is furious because he's got a spy in the midst. There's a spy going on here. Verse 12. But one of his men said, No, my master, dear king, It's not any of us. It's Elisha, the prophet in Israel. He tells the king of Israel everything you say, even what you whisper in your bedroom. (laughs) So you see, it is Elisha, the prophet. I, I thought it was interesting that in a foreign country, in the king's court, word has got to them about the prophet in Israel. Word has gotten to the king's court in Israel, I mean in Aram, about the prophet in Israel, how that this man of God, Elisha, has the ability to know what the enemy is going to do before the enemy even knows what he's going to do. God has prepared for us a path, a plan, a purpose. And God knows what that is for us, and he wants us to follow that plan, that purpose. And in so doing, we change who we are. We, we, the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit change us. Like love. 
God's character is love. He wants that love to be reflected in our life. We need to receive it and then allow it to go out from us. So it is not when God gives us knowledge, a word about, it is never to destroy someone else. It is always to give us the strength to deal with it. You see, if God, you say, you say, well, God, I've been praying about this, and God wants me to destroy them. <laughs> God didn't give you that information. God wants us to change, give us the power to change us, to give us the power to withstand, to create the barrier, or to know what's going on so we're not caught off guard. God is never caught off guard by any event that happens in our life. Never. So if God is not caught off guard, neither should we, because God is with us. He is preparing a place. He is preparing a path. He will help us, guide us by his word and his spirit. So, now, I like verse 13. I like this. (laughs) The king said, go and find out where he is. I'll send someone to capture him. (laughs) Don't you think that's pretty funny? (laughs) I think that's hilarious. Because Elisha knows what the king's planning before he even plans it. And so the king finally finds out that God is informing Elisha about what's happening while he even thinks about it in his his bedchamber. God already knows it and informs Elisha. And the guy comes up and says, you know what? We're going to sneak up on him. (laughs) We're going to sneak up on this guy, Elisha. Okay? <laughs> Don't you think? I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And so the report came back. He's in Dothan. Ha <laughs> ha. Elisha's in Dothan. So what are we going to do? Verse 14. Then he dispatched. We got him now. We got that, that prophet. He's in Dothan. We dispatch, he dispatched horses and chariots. He, imp- he sent an impressive Fighting force. Why? He's going to capture the one guy. An impressive fighting force. They came by night. They snuck up on him. They snuck up on him. And they surrounded the city. And can you, I, you, know, you, just, you know, you don't have to have much of imagination, but you can, I can just imagine there are these forces, and there's this little community of Dothan. It's not like a major metropolis. And the whole place is surrounded. I mean, they've got, they know where Elisha's at. They've snuck up at night. They've got chariots. They've got the horses. And, you know, the chariots have the charioteers, and then they have the, 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 the soldiers in that they have the spears and you know there's there's men everywhere because we're going to take this guy captive well (laughs) early in the morning verse 15 a servant of the holy man got up and went out okay servant goes out surprise (laughs) that's what it says surprise horses and chariots surrounding the city the young man exclaimed Oh, Master, what are we going to do? The assurance of God's word comes to our lives. The assurance of God's word comes to our lives. Now, 
The other scripture I was going to throw in here is somewhere in my notes. Here it is. And it is Romans chapter 11, verse 33. And I think it fits right in this part. This part. And it says, and this is Paul writing to the church at Rome. He says, have you ever come on anything quite like his extravagant generosity? The extravagant generosity of God. Have you ever come upon anything quite like the extravagant generosity of God? So here is the surrounding. Armies are there. Servant comes out. Whoa, we're, we're, we're in trouble now. Did you ever think that you didn't have enough? Did you ever think that you were not capable of? Did you ever feel like there was more to life than where you're at? Paul says to us, have you considered the extravagant extravagant generosity of God? Okay? This deep, deep wisdom. The extravagant generosity of God is the wisdom, is the application of truth to a life. Have you considered the extravagant generosity of God's wisdom that you are going to be able to take truth, apply it to your life, and have an outcome beyond what you ever imagined? Paul says it's way over our heads. We'll never figure it out. Is there anyone around who can explain God? You know, we can't, we look in the mirror and we say, I'm a cat, that's a cat, and I am no bigger than what I see myself to be. And God is saying, can you figure out, can you figure out, can you tell me, can you explain to me, God, that he loves me beyond what I am ever capable of feeling like I'm loved? I am forgiven of all of my sins and I am, recept- I am a receiver of the blessing of God and the love of God. I am God's child by choice of God and myself. Can anybody explain God? Oh, here, and here. Is anyone smart enough to tell God what to do? Like you give him information and anyone who has done such a huge favor for God to ask that God ask him for advice? Can you tell God what to do? Can you give God advice? Everything comes from him. Everything comes from him. All things. Everything. Let's say everything. 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 Again. Everything comes from God. Everything happens through him. Everything ends up in him. Always glory. God has a way of bringing his glory in and through everything, always, everything, always. (laughs) Everything, always. He has a way of doing it. So, here is the servant looking around. Oh my gosh, we're in trouble now. Elisha, (laughs) we're in trouble. Okay. It's early in the morning, so they awaken to this, this scenario. And what does Elisha say in verse 16? Don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on theirs. On their side. 
There's more with us than with them. Wait a minute, Elisha. You don't understand. Look what's there. And there's you and I. Elisha is sick. <laughs> That's what the pro- his servant says. And then, three times in this section, Elisha prays. Elisha prayed, O oh God, open his eyes and let him see. That's our prayer. When we face fear, we need God, open our eyes. God, open our eyes. Okay? God, ready? God, open my eyes. Again, God, open my eyes. We think we see, but we don't. There is more to life than what we see. There's more to the problem than what we see. There is more to the difficulty than what we see. Because there is God surrounding our lives. And so Elisha prays, God opened his eyes, and what happens? His eyes were open. The eyes of the young man were open, and he saw a wonder. The whole mountainside. Here is an army surrounding this city, but what the man sees is an entire mountainside, a whole valley of chariots and horses. <laughs> Wonder of wonders. The chariots of God. The armies of God are at his disposal. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God, open our eyes. Help me to see what you see not only in me, but in the surroundings and in the difficulties and the possibilities. And when the Armenians attacked, so these, these people, we got, okay, there's all of us, there's two of them, let's attack. And so they attack the village. What does Elisha do? What does he do? What did he do? He prayed. He prayed. God Strike these people blind. (laughs) They're blind. Just as Elijah prayed. Verse 19. This is another one of those kind of like humorous things, I think. Elisha called out to them, Hey, you blind guys. (laughs) You guys who came to capture me. You know, he didn't say you guys who came to capture me. Hey, all you guys who are attacking and don't know where you're going, I want you to put your hands on the shoulder of the guy in front of you and you follow us. I'm going to take you where you want to find this guy that you're looking for. Well, they're blinded. They don't know what to do. So there are all these soldiers, everybody who came, they're all following each other. It doesn't say that they put their hands on the... But how else are you going to find, follow? They're just in this fog. Did you ever follow somebody in the fog? Yeah. I follow people in the fog right into their driveway. Has anybody ever done that? I couldn't see anywhere. I mean, it was so foggy, I couldn't see anywhere, so I'm just following the guy who knew where he was going. And he pulled into his driveway, and I pulled in. When I saw his garage door going up, I said, I'm in the wrong place. So this, you know, these guys are in a fog. They don't know where they're going, so they're just following the guy in front of them, and Elisha's leading them to them. And where do they go? They entered the city. <laughs> Elisha, where did they go? They went to Samaria. 
They entered into the capital of Samaria inside the walled cities, and the armies are there of, the, of, of Samaria are there, and the king and King Aram is there, and all of his soldiers and everything. And Elijah brings all this whole army into the middle of the city. And so what does Elijah do? He prayed. God, open their eyes so they can see where they are. <laughs> oh, my. Look where we're at, fellas. <laughs> we're inside the city. We are sitting ducks. And so the king, brave as he is, says, you know, Elisha, father, I think we should massacre them. <laughs> I think we should kill them all, teach them a lesson. But Elisha rep replies, not on your life. You, don't lift a, you didn't lift a hand to capture them. Now you're not going to kill them. No, sir. Make a feast for them and send them back to their masters. Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Love them. Why? Because we are loving as God loves. We are allowing God to love us and move through us because they are not going to determine your outcome. Enemies, your enemy is not going to determine where your life goes. Your adversaries are not the problem. We are. No one can defeat you. No one can take you out of God's hand. No one can make you fail. No one is capable of removing God's grace and blessing from your life. No one or nothing. Our life is in our hands, and when we put our life, our hands, our will in God's hands, God's will, nothing, nothing, no one can take us, remove us from what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. <laughs> No one, nothing, no one, no person, no mountain, no obstacle, no devil in hell can stop you from being what God wants you to be. So we are his, he is ours, and we are together in this. No excuses. <laughs> so what did he do? He prepared a huge feast for them, and after they ate and drank, they their, their fill, he dismissed them. Okay, guys, I want you to know you can go home now. The ones who came to capture Elisha, Elisha leads them captive, takes them into the city, lets them know that his God is greater than their God, feeds them, sends them home. Our God is greater our God is greater than any difficulty, than any person, than any problem. And his ability to open our eyes is right in front of us. It's right there. What do we have to do? Pray. God, open my eyes that I may see. Amen? Amen. So what is our prayer? God... Open our eyes. Shall we stand? <laughs> our closing prayer is, God, open my eyes. You ready? 
God, open my eyes. You ready? Are you ready to see what God has around you? Not what you see here. People, problems, difficulties. What God has around us. The angels are full in this room because they're with you. God's angels watching over you. His spirit is about you. Jesus is here. We allow his love to flow through us. Our closing prayer, God, open my eyes. Ready? God, open mine eyes. Amen? Amen. So be it.